If only life had a remote control, you could pause or rewind. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. Take the one-minute risk test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. I'm Jen Sincero, author of the You Are a Badass book series. You got to where you're at by doing what you're doing. It's very familiar. And if you want to change your life, you better be doing something that's very unfamiliar. And the unfamiliar tends to scare the crap out of us. So that's a very good sign that you're on the right track if you're feeling nervous and scared and excited. This is Secrets of Wealthy Women from the Wall Street Journal, helping women empower themselves financially. Now, Veronica Dagger. Best-selling author Jen Sincero is a motivational speaker and success coach who wants to help people transform their lives. Her You Are a Badass book series helps women take control of their lives, money, and careers. Jen, you said you had money problems until you were in your 40s. What do you tell us how your life was back then? Well, my life was pretty rickety and pretty looking for the freebie. And uh, I was living in a converted garage. I was making like a 1500 bucks a month, uh, driving a car with no grill. There was lots of duct tape involved in my life, things like that. How come you were having financial problems? <laughs> because I refused to focus on making money. I thought that meant you were a dirty, moral, free person. And I was also very attached to the idea that I sucked at making money. And so I had to prove that every day, you know, subconsciously. I want to look into those a little bit more down the road. But how did your childhood shape your view of money? I, you know... Once I started doing all of this work on myself, one of the biggest discoveries I made that was one of the most just liberating things was I realized that my dad, uh, he, one of the ways he showed love and attention to me was to hand me a 20 or help me financially. And when I started digging deep into the reasons that I was blocking my own financial success, I realized that I felt deep down that if I got wealthy, I'd be basically stabbing my dad in the heart, you know, by stopping his, you know, by not needing him anymore, by, you know, not needing his 20 bucks anymore. You went to India and that started to change your life. Tell us about that. India was my first really big solo trip. And I don't even know why I went. I really didn't know that much about it, excepting that it was on the other side of the planet. <laughs> and, uh, and I was terrified to go. I was determined to go, but I was terrified. I just had this image of myself as this little dot that could just poof, you know, disappear in a puff of smoke. Nobody I loved would have any idea where I was. And I woke up every night a couple of weeks before going, freaking out. Um, but for some reason, I was at the international terminal of the airport, and um, I ended up going. And I just remember stepping into the airport all my fears slipped away, and I was so excited, and it felt 100% right. And I ended up having this incredibly just wild, wild adventure. And when I got back, I thought that, you know, after seeing what I saw over there, you know, how some people live and the poverty, that I would be so grateful for my little crappy garage that I was living in. But what happened instead was I had faced this huge fear of mine and had this incredibly enjoyable experience, and it expanded my belief 
in what I could do, and I uh, moved out of the garage very shortly thereafter. <laughs> How did you get the confidence from going, being part of a band and working in the music industry to becoming a self-help guru? First of all, I don't think I'm a guru, but thank you. <laughs> I uh, Because I was such a train wreck. I mean, we all get interested in things that have to do with ourselves, basically. And I became obsessed with what the hell my problem was, especially around money. You know, why was it that no matter what I did, I just could not get over this money stuff? And I was always broke and always whining about money and never having any. So the transformation to self-help for me happened because I just dove into it 100%. Like I was determined to figure it out. So that's how I got schooled. What do you say to women who feel that they have so much potential, but they just feel stuck? Oh, well, I have many books full of things to say to these women. (laughs) But um, first of all, I mean, one of the things that really transformed my life was to stop pretending that I could do it on my own because I had a lifetime of proof that that wasn't working, you know, 40 some years of insisting that I could figure it out. So uh, getting help with, you know, coaching and um, mentoring and taking courses and seminars, like really doing stuff that made me very uncomfortable, but doing it Um, and getting clear on what your crap is around money. You know, if you don't or what your issues are around whatever it is you're trying to change in your life, get clear on what your story is and investigate that story. You say many people know what they want to do with their lives, but they're afraid to do it or they deny themselves. What do you mean by that? This is where a lot of the subconscious beliefs come in. I mean, and some of them are conscious, but, you know, the second you, you know, pretend to decide to do something, almost as quickly as you decide that, all the reasons of why it's not going to work, why you're going to lose all your money doing it, why you're going to look like an idiot, come flooding in. We we go right there. And, um, and so a big part of... Uh, being successful is strengthening the muscle that focuses on the how I'm going to pull it off and the excitement about pulling it off instead of the muscle that's always looking for the reasons it's not going to work. Say we also can't be comfy if we want to achieve our goals. How so? Because you got to where you're at by doing what you're doing. It's very familiar. And if you want to change your life, you better be doing something that's very unfamiliar. And the unfamiliar tends to scare the crap out of us. So that's a very good sign that you're on the right track if you're feeling nervous and scared and excited. What do you say to women who want to achieve their goals, but they can't because they're too busy with their day job and their kids? Um... There are lots of women out there changing their lives who are busy with their day jobs and their kids, and that is just another excuse. If you really want something, you can do it. How do you make the time, though? You figure it out. We put a man on the moon. (laughs) You know what I mean? Figure it out. How important is it to you? Really. I mean, delegate things, stretch yourself, maybe, you know, go out on a limb and hire somebody to help you, even though you, quote unquote, don't have the money yet. You know, that was one of the biggest things that inspired me to really change things in my life. I was totally in debt and I still hired somebody to help me. And the terror of spending that money was one of the greatest motivators. I ended up making more money in those three months after I hired that person I'd ever made in my life because I was like, oh, my God, I just spent money I don't have. I've got to figure this out. Couldn't that also be dangerous for people to do, take on more debt if they already have debt? Yeah, and it's all a mindset. So if your mindset is deep down, I can't do it, I'm an idiot, this is irresponsible, 
Good luck with that. But if your mindset is like, I am doing this, I am awesome, I may not know exactly what I'm doing, but I'm freaking figuring it out, and I am, I'm not stopping till I get there, then you're probably going to be great. So you talked about feeling evil. So what's your advice for people who think that if they become rich, they'll become evil? To start focusing on all the wonderful, wonderful things that people do for and in order to make money instead of focusing on all the horrors that greed brings into our world. It's all about where you place your focus. You say we should get specific on the financial life we want to lead. How so? Because a lot of people just say, I want to be a millionaire or, you know, whatever. And that is a very vague aspiration. (laughs) So, And money's all about numbers. So you've got to get clear on exactly how much money you want to make and what it is for. So I always recommend getting clear on the things that will make your life so much better that you're excited to create. So if you want to travel more, if you want to take your family on cool vacations, if you want to buy a new car, if you want to donate much more money to charity, how much does that all cost? And, you know, when do you want to make it by getting getting into the specifics allows you to get excited about things because making money doesn't really mean anything. It's the specifics of what money buys you that gets you excited. And we are creatures who are motivated by emotion and excitement. But what if you do that and you don't reach your goal? Then you celebrate however far you got and you don't give up until you do. What do you say to people who say it's tacky focusing on money? I say those people... um, probably don't have a lot of it themselves. (laughs) And, you know, who cares what those people say? I mean, I got to say, like, I have been poor and I have been rich and being rich is a hell of a lot more fun. And and just it gives you freedom and options. And I can give back in much bigger ways than I ever was able to. What about the people who feel that it'll take away from their creativity or if they're especially if they're an artist and they become rich, they'll get corrupted. There's a lot of society talk about that society is such a buzzkill so many times i just like so what like i don't know i'm a creative person and i actually feel like i now have the like breathing room to be more creative because i'm not so freaked out about how i'm going to eat you know i mean you can't be creative when you're under a serious financial stress i don't think i mean yes of course you can but um I just feel like, again, money gives you freedom and options, and I feel like I just have so much more breathing room to play. Coming up, Jen Sincero discusses how her personal transformation motivates her to inspire other women. If only life had a remote control, you could pause or rewind. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. Take the one-minute risk test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. You're listening to Secrets of Wealthy Women from the Wall Street Journal. You say it's a problem when people say the words, I can't afford it. How come? Because one of the things that human beings love more than anything on earth is to be right. So when you say, I can't afford it, I suck at relationships, the economy sucks, blah, 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 
Whatever comes out of your mouth, you start to prove over and over. So if you're constantly saying, I can't afford it, you're like, see, I'm a freelance writer. I live in a garage. The economy sucks. You know, I had all, that was my personal mantra. And I just spent my days proving it. And so that's when you shift, when you shift your focus on something instead of I can't afford it to something like, I love money and it flows to me easily. Then you look for reasons why you love money and you look for the ways that it flows to you easily and you start proving that instead. You say to write a letter to money as it's a person. What do you mean by that one? Well, you know, one of the reasons that so many of us don't make money is because we've got all of these really icky beliefs about money. So by writing a letter to it and really doing it free form and just letting it flow, you discover all of the messed up beliefs that you have about it. So, you know... For example, my letter to money back in the day was, I wish I had more of you. Uh, you make me so happy when you show up, but I don't trust you. And I feel dirty even admitting that I like you. You know, I had lots of push-pull with it, and it was very enlightening. How did that help you? Because then once you know where your issues lie, then you can start to face them and question them. So um, I started looking at why do I feel dirty um, saying that I want money? And then I was like, is, is money a bad thing? And then I was like, actually, it's not. Like, it bought me this cup of coffee this morning, and it would, you know, help me buy a new guitar so that I could write this new song, you know, and I started to really question my beliefs about money. And so that really is why we say that awareness is the key to transformation, because if you're not aware of what you're dragging around as far as your beliefs and thoughts and words go, it's going to be very difficult to change them. You decided to sell your possessions and put them in storage a few years ago so you could travel around the world. How come? Oh, because I was living in L.A. at the time, and I didn't really like L.A. very much, and I had just started an online business, and, uh, and my cat died, and that was the only thing that was keeping me in L.A. I know, my cat. Uh, and so... My coach at the time, you know, I was actually going on a vacation to Europe, and she's like, why don't you just stay? And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, you hate L.A., you love to travel. Why not go on an adventure? And you have an online business. You can run it from anywhere in the world. So I did, within two weeks, I made the decision, like, had a huge yard sale and got rid of my place and left. What do you think is the key to having a successful online business? Getting educated on how to run an online business. You know, I knew nothing about it at all. And there are so many tricks to the trade that really, really, really work. And people have studied this down to like if a capital T converts more sales than a lowercase t. So getting edumacated is the key, I think. You say we need to surround ourselves with people who lift us up. How do we find those people? You know, in the early days, I had to pay for those kinds of friends, because none of my friends, I mean, everybody thought I was in a cult because I was reading all the self-help stuff and none of my friends were reading it. And we surround ourselves with people who reinforce the things we need to be right about, right? So I surround myself with people who are also saying I can't afford it and that money's evil and you can't be creative if you're rich and all that stuff. So um, I started going to these seminars, you know, on making money. Um, and other people were in those seminars who had invested in themselves and who were okay focusing on that kind of thing. Um, you know, my coaches, you know, surrounding myself with my coaches, but I was paying for all of these experiences. And uh, but it was everything. You've got to surround yourself with like-minded people because we get dragged down so quickly by the thoughts and words of other people. What do you say to people who say, "Oh, those seminars only really make the seminar leaders rich"? 
I say that if you show up and you do everything, you know, assuming it's a good seminar leader, um, they changed my life. So I say poo-poo to that. (laughs) What do you do do if your family are the ones bringing you down? You do not share your hopes and dreams with your family. You know, it's so common. The people closest to us are 90% of the times the one who drag us back the most because they don't want you to change. They, you know, subconsciously... They are comfortable and love you as you are. And so if you go out and, compl- and like lose the weight or get married or have a baby or, you know, do something they are not comfortable as identifying you with, you're basically killing off your identity to them and uh, they get grouchy. So I always recommend, you know, surround yourself with people, like-minded people who get it, share all, all your big dreams with them. And just, you know, if you know your family is not going to be supportive, don't share it with them. You're a big believer in visualization. How can that help us? Because it gets you into the specifics of what it is you desire. And when you visualize the specifics of what you desire, you get into an excited emotional state. And that is the state you need to be in when the fears and the obstacles come up so that you can stay the course instead of back down and fall prey to all your excuses. Now, some people say visualization will take people out of the present moment, and so Mm. that's a negative thing. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, It's okay. (laughs) You know, it's okay to to spend some time daydreaming and getting excited about your life. It's okay to leave the present for a couple minutes there. (laughs) How do we stay more present? I believe, gosh, this this is my personal... Achilles heel, one of them. Uh, I think um, staying more present is really about consciously slowing down, uh, leaving earlier, breathing more, getting really practiced in breathing, which, um, which you know, if you have a strong meditation practice, you get into this sort of slower, more intentional space. And I really think if you just slow down and breathe more deeply, it sounds really weird, but walking around, if you're really taking deep breaths and and absorbing them, you know, that moment, it, it really makes a huge difference. What's the biggest lesson you had to learn about handling wealth? What to do with it. You know, I never had any money. And I, you know, in the beginning just had an insane amount of money just sitting in my checking account because I was terrified to touch it. So how did you figure that out? I hired smart people who know what to do with money. (laughs) And when you have a big bestseller and you have that big lump sum, how do you make sure it lasts? Uh, You know, invest it well, take advice from people who know what they're doing, um, keep you know, and passive income, I'm a big believer in, you know, doing things that keep making money while I'm taking a nap. What's the worst personal finance advice you ever heard? Shoot low. Don't um, don't dream too big. What's the key to writing a bestseller? I think being honest. I know being honest. I think, you know, with any art form... It's when you're pushing up against that scary space of, oh, my God, this is going to make me look like a big weirdo. I don't know if I want to say this out loud. Those times and that, you know, I'm a big believer in you're allowed to keep some things private in your life. But when you're about to cross that line into taking a risk, that's how, you know, it's all that stuff 
that people relate to. You know, if you're just skimming the surface and saying what everybody wants to hear, who cares? But when you say something risky, then people are like, oh my God, I can't believe she just said that. And they relate to you better, I think. Time now for your secrets. I'm Jen Sincero, best-selling author, and my money secret is do something you love to do, figure out a viable income stream doing that thing, and stop at nothing to make it come true. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out more episodes of Secrets of Wealthy Women on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. And be on the lookout for our upcoming ebook based on the Secrets of Wealthy Women podcast. This episode was produced by Tanya Bustos. I'm Veronica Dagger. Thanks for listening. <laughs>